You're listening to Here in the City. I'm your host, Sarah Harris, and we are here in the studio with Claire Fox, who's been out in the city. Claire, where have you been lately? Well, in the last week, I went and took a tour of Bell Shelter in the city of Bell, and this is a really huge facility where they have an emergency shelter that hosts about 200 people in the summer and up to 400 people in the winter. They also have a wellness program, which is a, li- a full-time live-in program for individuals who are transitioning out of homelessness and recovering from substance abuse, and people can live there for up to two years. And I went there because there's a team of community members who are working with staff to create a garden on the facility um, that can hopefully feed feed the shelter. Um, so they're serving tons of meals, as we'll hear about, as well as offer sort of a therapeutic offering, a therapeutic program, and career pathways for the individuals who are sort of transitioning back into the working world. So how did a big airplane hangar become a shelter in the first place? Well, it's a really interesting history. Um, One of the community members who is helping to lead this effort, his name is Brad Pragerson. He's actually the grandson of a federal judge who in the 80s um, had this idea to convert an army, a former army uh, artillery hangar into a homeless shelter. Um, So basically... My grandfather's on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and he, when he was a district court uh, judge downtown, there was a really horrible winter um, in the early 80s, and people were dying on the streets, homeless people on Skid Row. And uh, being the humanitarian that he is, he thought that because the uh, entranceway into the the courthouse was a fairly large space that they could put some cots there and house some homeless people. And he brought the idea up at some meeting and some judges were not only against it but like furious that he even suggested it. Like it would desecrate that place and really be an awful thing. So it it was the catalyst to to this facility. lives at the shelter and how did most people who are there come to be there? Well, it's um, an emergency shelter for homeless folks. Uh, About a third of the residents there are veterans and several of the individuals there are um, struggling with substance abuse, whether it's alcoholism or some other sort of substance abuse. And um, a lot of folks are also uh, recently released from prison. So you have folks who have felonies on their records and have had a hard time getting jobs and, you know, from various life situations have found themselves homeless. This type of reuse or change of use of, you know, basically a defunct, enormous structure, like what, how forward thinking is that or where else does that happen? Is this something totally new? Um, I mean, I've certainly not seen anything like this in the Los Angeles area. I think the real opportunity around creating a garden and a food self-sufficient facility is that they have all this land. I mean, it's really a massive space. There's these massive hangars that are just sort of storing random uh, TVs and I think nonprofits rent out, you know, pieces of these warehouses. So there's just a lot of space. There's um, space under roof and there's space under the sun. So we're going to hear from Brad again, the one of the co-founders of the project. 
Yeah, so one of the issues that they're looking at uh, at Bell Shelter is they have a very limited food budget, and that really takes a toll on the fresh food items that are incorporated into the meals. Um, and fortunately, the kitchen staff is totally on board for this project, and we got a chance to meet uh, one of the head chefs there, Adriana. So here's their interaction talking about how the garden might factor into kitchen operations. All right, I'm bleeding my hands, okay? Oh, <laughs> but she's, she's one of the chefs. And how many meals a day do you cook? We cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three meals for how many people? It varies, I know, but in the summer? Almost like 200 people for right now. And in the winter? Like 400. I think their budget for fresh produce is almost $300 a week for, if you calculate it, 1,200 meals a week. For, uh, yeah, so I mean, they're, it's uh, pennies that they're making meals happen. What are your thoughts about the idea of a garden and potentially uh, supplying produce to the kitchen from the garden? It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, good idea. Do you think it will supplement the <laughs> the produce budget? I mean, because that would be free produce right there. So what do you think about that? We will save yeah. a lot of money. Yes, and the budget. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And it will be fresh. And fresh, yes. So yes. She, she makes a good point, Claire, that, I mean, fresh food is, it doesn't have to be expensive if you grow it. But as we all know, it is expensive when you have to buy it. Absolutely. And that's an issue that really impacts uh, local and regional small farmers. And Bell Shelter and the team there that's putting this project together are considering that as well. So how does this Bell Shelter garden factor into sort of a larger food system? And how can they support sustainability on a broader scale um, in terms of the food system? And so one of the sort of second phase of the project after they get the garden up and running is they want to dial in this concept of a a regional food hub. And they want to use one of the warehouses for this effort. You know, the story of Bell Shelter is really one of imagining what's possible. And they're just looking at this saying, we could produce a lot of food here. You're listening to Here in the City, and we are here in the studio with Claire Fox, who is an urban planner and who we'll be checking in with regularly for our segment called Back to the Land about urban farming and food justice movements in and around Los Angeles. Thanks, Claire. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. 